Our reading this morning um, is a very present moment uh, in the Bible uh, that draws the past and the future uh, into that moment uh, as Simeon and Anna, Mary and Joseph and Jesus all find themselves together in this moment, looking back and looking forward, thinking about hopes and dreams, thinking about faith and hope looking forward and looking backwards. I wonder if that resonates particularly for us as a church this morning as we find ourselves at the beginning of this period of vacancy um, without a person in the role of vicar in our parish. For those writing our parish profile, considering the hopes of past and future, we find ourselves in a present moment, don't we, which feels very much like an in-between not the past, not the future, the present. And that's exactly where Simeon and Anna, Mary and Joseph were. They were on this very present moment between uh, the past and the future, drawing in those hopes and dreams into that moment. 2,000 years ago, Simeon and Anna, both older people and both people from whom we, I hope, can draw some wisdom this morning. At the very centre of our Bible reading this morning is Jesus. And what I want to say is that at the centre of all of our hopes, past and future, is Jesus, the person of Jesus. Joseph and Mary come with their baby 40 days after his birth. They bring Jesus, the baby, to the temple, as was the custom. And it's in that moment that the joys and the pains, the hopes and the dreams of past and future come together in this amazing moment when Simeon, the priest in the temple, is handed the baby Jesus. And he, Simeon, that is, reveals Jesus to be the light of the world, that is, the hope of the world. The prophecies that Simeon had held on to for hundreds and hundreds of years, or had been held on to by the priests in the the temple, Simeon wasn't hundreds and hundreds of years old, but the prophecies had been held on to by the priests in the temple for hundreds and hundreds of years, and Simeon was now the holder of that hope. He saw were coming to fruition, being brought to completion in this baby, Jesus Christ. We heard it ourselves at Christmas, didn't we? In the the Christmas readings, we hear of Jesus as the light of the world. We take those prophecies from the Old Testament, especially from Isaiah, where Jesus is revealed to be the light of the world, and we hold on to those in hope and recognize the coming of Jesus as that light at Christmas time. And those same prophecies had been held onto by the priests in the temple, held on for hundreds and hundreds of years. Simeon, through all of life's ups and downs, joys, sadnesses, had held on to those hopes and promises of God which had been made known to him through the writings of the prophet. He'd held them in his heart and held them on behalf of the whole community of God's people. He'd held them out week by week, day by day, before the community of God's people, but he'd held on to them in his heart. But now, as Mary and Joseph come to the temple, he physically holds on to 
the manifestation of those promises, those prophecies come true as he's handed, literally, physically, the baby Jesus Christ. And we hear those words of Simeon, which have become familiar to us um, because we've used them in funeral services and in a prayer at the end of the day called the Nunc Dimittis. Now, Lord, let your servant depart in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. Simeon recognizes as he holds the baby Jesus that God is as good as his word, that his word has been fulfilled, that Jesus is the outworking of God's promise, that promise which had been hoped for for so, so long, which had been held onto in hope, was now a reality, a person who Simeon was holding in his arms, a tiny baby. In that present moment encounter with Jesus, Simeon finds himself at that point now ready to pass from life to death and into eternal life. He knows that God is as good as his word. He recognizes that God's purposes are being made complete. His trust in God is fully assured. I wonder if sometime along the way, Simeon's hope and trust in God had ever faltered. I wonder if in those many, many years of holding on to God's promises with faith and with hope, whether he'd ever experienced doubt, experienced the sense of losing a grip on the hope of God's faithfulness. It would have been so easy for him to have done so, wouldn't it? Year after year, waiting, waiting, waiting. After hundreds of years of waiting and waiting and waiting. But I think even if he did, he held onto it sufficiently tightly that when he saw God's work being outworked, when he saw God's purposes and promises being outworked, he recognized them for what they were. He recognized that in Jesus, who he held in his arms, that God's promises of the past and the hope for the future were all held within this child. He perceived something very big in somebody very little. The light of the world, he said, here in his arms. The night was finally over. The dawn was breaking. Now, Simeon's words about Jesus, the light of the world, would have been shocking to the Jewish people at that time because uh, not only is this tiny baby Jesus being revealed as Um, and declared by the Jewish priest as their promised Messiah, which would have been surprising enough because this wasn't exactly how the Messiah would have always been imagined. But he's being revealed as a light for the whole world. That is, people who are not Jewish as well as people who are. A light for the Gentiles as well. That is, for everyone in the world. Jesus is the hope of the whole world, not just a specific group of people. And that would have been shocking. Jesus is the light of the world for all people, in all places, at all times. There's a fullness to that, isn't there? That the hope which is in Jesus for all people, in all places, at all times, is being held by Simeon in his arms at that very moment. Can you imagine, just for a moment, how that must have felt? 
something that you have been waiting for for years and years and years, that people for generations have been waiting for for years and years and years, you finally hold, you see it coming to completion. Even if it's not yet fully complete, you see that the dawn is breaking on that very long and very dark night. That, I think, is why Simeon says, now let your servant depart in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. You know, when something amazing happens and people say, I could have died. It's like that. It's like I, he's saying, I could die. I, could, I can die now. Your word has been fulfilled. I'm completely assured. And, and my trust in God is completely secure because I see that your promises are true And I can trust absolutely that you will be doing what you promise. Anna, too, is the second character, the second old person in our reading this morning. Anna is a person who has also held on to hope. We actually don't know a great deal about Anna. um, But what we do know, uh, which we're told through the Bible, is, is worth thinking about. We know that she was only married for seven years before her husband died. And we know that she, therefore, would have known about grief and loss. She would have known about pain and sadness in her life. She was a woman who would have known what it meant for hopes and dreams to have been shattered through death. But we know that since the death of her husband, she chose to spend her time worshipping God in the temple... She'd chosen through her sadness and through her pain to keep her eyes firmly fixed on God. She'd been dedicated every day in worship and in prayer in the temple. And in her struggles and in her difficulties, she was rooted to hope through her pattern of worship and prayer. Perhaps in Anna, we see a parallel of the grief and the loss which Mary will one day experience too, Jesus' mother. As she hands Jesus to Simeon, Jesus says these words of the light of the world and the hope for the Gentiles, but he also finishes by saying that one day a sword will pierce Mary's heart. He speaks forward to pain that is to come. And I wonder perhaps if 33 years later, when Mary stood at the foot of the cross watching Jesus as he was killed by crucifixion, when the amazing news that was brought to Mary by the shepherds and the uh, angels and, and the kings just seemed like perhaps it was all crumbling and turning to dust in that moment. And perhaps I wonder whether Mary might have recalled those words of Simeon, that a a sword would pierce her own heart. And I hope and wonder whether at that point she might have also, Mary, this is, remembered Anna, that person who had held on to the hope of God in spite of the pain of death, who had trusted in God's goodness and faithfulness, who had ordered her life around praise and worship and in doing so had clung on to hope in God. Simeon and Anna, both people,
people who dedicated their lives in prayer and praise and worship had both hung on to hope. Anna and Simeon and Mary all saw that to have hope meant that you needed to see that there was a reality beyond the reality that we see in front of our eyes. That there was a somehow more real reality. That death doesn't have to be the end. That hope doesn't have to be destroyed. Even when it looks like it, we can cling on to God's goodness. We can cling on to the things which God has promised because we know that God is as good as his word. We know that even when it feels very, very dark, that a light is coming. Even when we feel like the night will go on forever, we know that the dawn is coming. Now that doesn't mean that the pain and the difficulty and the sadnesses that Anna and Mary both experience, that we experience in our own lives as well, uh, are any less uh, difficult or sad or painful. But it does mean that in those times of darkness, that flame, that light of hope remains the same. The light doesn't look very bright on a bright morning like this, does it? But when we find ourselves in a time of darkness, that's when the light is even more important. That flame doesn't change. The circumstances around it do, and that's how we perceive it differently. The light of the world, Jesus, truly is breaking into the darkness of the world. The dawn really is coming. That's the real story. That's the real reality, that God's promises are true, that hope and salvation are coming, that the dawning light of God in Christ will defeat the darkness and it will never be overcome. So as Christ is presented in the temple... We see that recognition in Simeon and in Anna. Now this telling of the presentation in the temple comes immediately after uh, the end of the Christmas story. The the story of of the shepherds actually in, in Luke's gospel. It's immediately after the shepherds had left the family in Bethlehem. And the last part of that reading is about Mary pondering, treasuring the words that were told her about this this child, pondering those words which the shepherds told them, which the angels had told to the shepherds. Pondering means thinking about them deeply, doesn't it? It means letting them absorb into uh, your being, really. Not just letting them be a passing thought, but really letting it absorb. I wonder if we have really let the words of hope absorb deeply into us such that when we find ourselves in places of darkness, we can rely on them, that they have become the reality from which we live. In these, our present days of vacancy, early weeks of vacancy, um, like Simeon and Anna, we might be acutely aware of losses and pains and sadnesses, of hopes which we seem not to have been yet to be able to see fulfilled. I wonder if we can also ponder the words of hope which God gives us. As we look back and we look forward, can we hold on in this present moment to the promises and hopes which God has placed in us, which has revealed to us in Jesus?
Are we able to keep our eye on the light of Christ, which he has placed in us, in our church, in each of our lives? Can we too treasure and ponder, like Mary, that light which is revealed in Jesus? That light which is the same yesterday, today and forever. When we're looking back and looking forward, that light of Christ is the same. In our communion later, we will look back and we will look forward. We'll draw the past and the present and the future together into a moment. We'll proclaim what God has done, what God is doing and what God will do. And we'll recognise that it all holds together in Jesus Christ. Our communion helps us to remember and to hope and to have that all held together in Jesus Christ. And it helps us to remember that there is a reality beyond the reality that we see in front of our eyes. As we share bread and wine, we acknowledge Jesus' body and blood to be present with us. We acknowledge that there is a reality beyond the way things seem. As we proclaim that life is available through Jesus and his death for us, we proclaim that there is a more real reality than the one we experience day by day. So in this season, let us have our eyes set toward the light of hope that is in Jesus, that we might see, that we might perceive the signs of that deeper reality that breaking dawn amongst us. Let's look to see the signs of God's kingdom in our community. Let's look back on the hopes and the promises. Let's look forward with hope and faith. But let's always keep that rooted in Jesus. So as we go into this week, let's consider how we can hold on to that real hope that real hope in God? Can we absorb that real hope in God such that we can learn to perceive, recognize when his purposes are being outworked, when we see it, when we hold it, when we meet it amongst our community? Are we, like Simeon, able to say, that's God, that's God at work, that's God's light shining? Can we name it for what it is when we see it? It's a powerful thing to be able to do that, to recognise God's work in our community, in another person, and to, to point it out. To say, do you think that might be God at work in your life? Is a powerful, powerful thing to be able to do. It helps us to hold on to hope, but it also illuminates and builds hope in others. And it's not the kind of hope which is a sort of nostalgic past, a longing for a nostalgic past to come back or a brighter future, uh, that sort of wishful thinking type hope. It's a hope which is rooted in the reality that God doesn't change yesterday, today or forever. That in all seasons as we pray and worship an eternal and loving God, the hope that we have in the light of the world is completely unwavering and never changing because it's revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. And so as we hold on to Jesus, we hold on to hope like Simeon 
and Anna. And so it's my prayer that we will, like Simeon and Anna, behold his purposes for us, each in our own life and as a community, as they're revealed to us by God, who wants to reveal them to us by his goodness and by his grace. So let me pray for us all this morning. Father God, thank you that you are as good as your word, that we can know that the hopes and the promises which you set before us, Lord, will be brought to completion. We thank you that you are bringing them to completion in Jesus. Thank you that our hope is not some kind of wishful thinking, um, some kind of longed for uh, but unreal reality. But our hope is in a deep and more real reality, Lord. We thank you that we know you are faithful and that you are true. And we pray that you would build us up in faith and in hope that we might, like Simeon and like Anna, perceive your light, your kingdom, your presence in our own lives that we might perceive your light and your kingdom and your presence in the lives of our community, of our family, our friends, our church. And that when we see it and perceive it, we might too name it. And we pray that you would illuminate our lives, Lord, as you illuminate the whole world through Christ. So we pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, would Fill us afresh this morning to be those lights in the world which point to Jesus and shine his light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.